Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Girl Powerful Podcast. We're two sisters on a mission to entertain and educate by learning from women who live a purpose-driven life. Be sure to subscribe and rate our podcast. Hi everyone and welcome to the Girl Powerful Podcast. Today I have with me Sally Cologne and I'm super excited to speak with her because one of our friends of the Girl Powerful podcast, Eden Sassoon, connected us. And so, like we all know, like light attracts light. So here's another light in the world. Sally, thanks for being here. Yeah. And I love Eden for letting, you know, for telling you about me. I love Eden. She's one of my sisters. So yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Teddy. Yeah. So you sent over your bio and it kind of like, when I was reading through it, I was like, oh my gosh movies tv commercials producer director host mom and then also philanthropist so that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you about today was like how one woman can have so many different chapters and then how to kind of hold your mindset and yourself accountable through all those changes Mm -hmm. and how maybe change doesn't always have to be negative and how you've used your mindset to guide your passion and your life yeah well, I always get, you know, when I send my, my bio over, I'm always like, there's so much on here. And I always say, well, just take whatever you want from it, you know, but it's 30 years of mm-hmm. me working 30 years of me being in the industry. So I have done a lot since I've been here in Los Angeles. I've been out here 25 years, but mindset was not something that I even paid attention to, or that wasn't a thing for me. Mindset wasn't a thing for me. I was just like a hustler. You know, I grew up with a single mom. I didn't have a lot of money growing up. Um, I, you know, we didn't have a lot. So I saw my mom constantly. She was a hustler. She had to get out there and work. She had to make sure that we were fed. It was just two of us when we were growing up. And so it looks like, wow, she's done a lot. And I have done a lot, but a lot of it has been because I've had to do a lot. You know, it's like, if that's not working, then I got to jump to the next thing and make sure that's working. If that's not working. So it, that's really what it's been. So mindset had nothing to do with it. And I'll tell you more about that as we, you know, are into this, this interview. That's so interesting. That's kind of how I feel. And my sister, Sonia, who's my partner and girl powerful, I'm 35 and it's just like, 
I've been so many people, you know what I mean? And it comes from that hustle mentality because I had to, it wasn't like I'm reinventing myself every year. It's like, okay, this isn't working. This isn't paying the bills or this isn't inspiring. I got to move on. So I totally see you. It's very like mirror mirroring my life currently. I'll be a hustler. Yeah. (laughs) What can you say about being a hustler though? And like, where did you find like more grace in that, like throughout the years and kind of like every time you did pivot, like maybe it wasn't always negative. It was like, oh, this is actually, you know, me being guided. Or can you talk a little bit more about like how you handled change throughout like 30 years in the industry in Hollywood? Yeah, I think a lot of the, I call them domino effects. Hmm. So I feel like there was always something that happened that caused me then to sort of shift to something new. So it was always like a situation that happened, whether it was a breakup, it was a, you know, a death in the family. Um, So that's, my shifts has always been situational. Mm. Yeah. So it was, it was never like, you know, I woke up one morning and said, I think I'm going to do this now. It, cause that's not how I run my life. Like I'm very thoughtful about like what's next and who is it going to affect? And am I impacting people? Cause if I'm not impacting people, I'm not doing it. So I'll give you an example. Um, I lost my mom about five years ago. And at that time I was running a foundation out here in Los Angeles. So I was the president of a, of a charity out here and my mom passed away. And I had always wanted to do a documentary, but, you know, funds and, you know, it takes money to make movies. And I had already been a filmmaker, but had never done a documentary. So when my mom passed away, she left my sisters and I some money. I got invited to go to Africa on a humanitarian trip and decided I'm going to shoot a documentary and I'm going to use the money that my mom gave me. So had my mom not passed away, the documentary that's now, you know, being licensed around the world and just got um, turned, it's, it just got uh, translated into Arabic and, you know, now it's in Australia and New Zealand and and Middle East and Portugal. And, you know, that would not have happened had my mom not passed away. That's true. Another example, um, I don't know if you know, I'm also a transformational certified life coach. That happened because three years ago, I lost my dad to suicide. And I had never thought about being, you know, a, a coach, right, to help people. I always wanted to help people, but I never went and got certified. So because of my dad's passing due to mental, you know, illness, I decided to go back to school and I studied with Jay Shetty for a year and became certified under him. And I use it now. And again, situational because something happened in my life, I shifted and I'm, I don't really do one-on-one. I use it more when I'm on set as a director, making a movie or running a television show or whatever it is, or development. And I use it with the people that I'm around. For create an environment. That yeah, you know. create an environment to, to, you know, if something happens on set, let's say an actor doesn't show up on time, then it's like, okay, use your skills, girl. Take yeah. that tool that you use from Jay Shetty, use that skill. So that's really why I use it. And, and to help people... You know, I've had my best friends call me when they were in issues with in their marriage or, you know, at, at work stuff and they call me and I don't charge anybody that's close to me and I'll do an hour session in the car on my way to work or on my way to Malibu or wherever it is. So I, I thank God that I have that, that I'm able that's to help people in a way. really special for your friends and the people that get to work with you. What is one thing that you took away from that training though with Jay Shetty? Like what's one thing that's always like in your back pocket that you lean on when someone needs your help. I always ask people like, when's the last time you took an audit of your life? Mm. Life audit. What would that look like? 
it would look like you stop. You, you listen. Yeah. <laughs> and I get that actually from my really good friend, Tim Story, who uh, is, has life coached me for many years, but stop, look and listen. So often our, we're, my dad calls it the unquiet mind. We don't know how to shut it off. And it's a constant, as soon as we wake up, we want to know like who's texting, who's, you know, emailing, what's, what's happening for today. So auditing your life, stopping, figuring out where you are right now and where you want to be in your life is so important. (laughs) And I also, the other thing is, and I talk to my girls, I'm raising two teenage daughters, uh, Bella and Stevie, who are my joy. And I always say to them, what makes your heart sing? Because a lot of times people forget what makes their heart sing. They stop and they stop, you know, caring about themselves. And for me, it's a daily, you know, every night before I go to bed, because purpose is so powerful without purpose. It's, it's, I'm a pastor's kid. So I will say without purpose, people perish. And so purpose is so important. And, and what I do and something I learned as well from Jay is the night before write down what your day is going to look like the next day. Because if you know you have purpose the next day, then you wake up feeling like I got purpose today. I know exactly what I'm going to be doing for the next, you know, eight hours. And so when I don't write down what I'm going to do the next day, and I don't know what I'm going to do the next day, I wake up going, what am I doing today? And I'm not really doing a lot. Right. You kind of wasted in a way. When you do write that down, do you have a name for it when you make the purpose for tomorrow? Do you have any kind of Uh, I don't have a name for it. I just put it, I have a calendar uh, in my bedroom. So I have a a little desk and a calendar in my bedroom and on the calendar, I have daily. So I'll just write from this time that like your, like me being here with you at three o'clock that was on my calendar. You know, I did two yoga classes today that was on my calendar. So Right. And then, and then I left some time open for, you know, stuff I have to do for my kids to start school back, you know, like I got to like, do some registration stuff. And so I, I, I like to have my, my time. I don't try to fill every moment of the day because you got to have that self-care time too. And I always try to do one thing that makes me happy. It could be a simple thing. It could be going to Cold Stone and getting some ice cream. It could be, it could be going to home goods to buy a new candle. So it's, yeah. it's like, you know what I mean? Goods. <laughs> yeah. One thing I was actually just telling my boyfriend about that. I'm like, we need to make a list at night. So then we wake up and we can go for it, you know? But then yeah. another layer I would even add maybe is like, add like, what's one thing you want to feel tomorrow. Right. And that kind of goes into your happiness with your self care, but it could maybe not be happy. It could be like calm or peace or joy yeah. or connection. And then make sure something's on that list that gives you that feeling. Yeah. We all want to be part of some kind of community connection, whether it's love, mm-hmm. you have a boyfriend that, you know, every day you could see him, you have conversations for me. I'm single right now, <laughs> single, ready to mingle. Yeah, girl. Uh, I am. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I, listen, I've been single for six years for the first three and a half years of my divorce. I went into therapy. I unpacked it all. I was like, open up the closet with all the boxes in it that are collecting dust. And I opened every single box and I unpacked that with my therapist and, and I have a tattoo on my wrist. I don't know if you could see it. It's the date. It's May 31st, 2016. I say I met myself for the first time and the journey that I started to really meet myself. 
that's so powerful. Yeah. Makes and, me teary eyed a little woo! bit. Yes. Yeah. But so wait, what was that? Oh, like overwhelming yeah. feeling. Like what, what happened that day? Well, I'll tell you what happened. So I was in and I have one of the most incredible therapists on the planet. L- listen, there's good therapists and there's not so good therapists. I happen to get lucky enough to find an incredible one that completely transformed my life. So we were sitting in therapy one day or that day on this date. And she said to me, because when the, prior to that, months prior to that, that we were together, she, it was always me talking about all the thing, you know, the, this person's fault and that person's fault and that person did that to me. And, that, and so she said, let's talk about you. And I want to know, have you ever dealt with, and she named it sexual abuse. And I thought that was very random because I thought, why would she ask me that? I haven't even talked about that at all in my, in any of my sessions. And I, I looked at her and I was like, I, not that I recall. And she said, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to go back to when you were six. She goes, is there anything there? I said, no, seven, no, eight, no, nine, no, 10. Everything just all of my subconscious and what happened to me, my first traumatic time as a child came to the forefront and I cried for about 30 minutes, honestly, like I'm not exaggerating. I just cried and cried and cried because it was a moment for me where I I guess I didn't want to be known as a victim. So I never talked about it. And I think a lot of times when people are like with the me too movement, not that we'll go too deep into that, but people Mm -hmm. will go, well, why did they wait 15 years, 30 years, 40 years to talk about it? Well, because <laughs> I pushed it down 30 years. Hello. It needs time to rise. And I have right now even talking about it because yeah. people don't get it. People that have had that happen, they get it because you, who wants to be known as a victim? I was a filmmaker. I had just done a big documentary and I was doing screenings around the world. And I don't want people to look at me that way. Mm-hmm. And so it was the beginning of my journey and we unpacked from 10 to 11 to 12. To 10. We went through every year and all the trauma that happened, we unpacked as I remembered it, as it came from my subconscious to the forefront of my mm-hmm. prefrontal cortex. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. I mean, how are you dealing with being a mom of two girls in LA? Like, how are you, what's your advice to them on a daily basis to like protect them and also yeah. like let them be free at the same time? Well, that's a great question. And anyone that knows me, especially people like Eden, who are more free, you know, like just do whatever you want and you'll figure it out. I'm not like that. I'm definitely the hovering mom that is like, I need to know where you're going, who you're staying with, what overnight. No, we don't do those. And who are the parents of these kids? Like I am that person. And I think part of it is because of what happened to me as a child, you know, and some of the stuff that happened to me happened in sleepovers. Um, and then also, you know, ju- oh my God, I just totally like exactly what I was going to say just went phew, it, like <laughs> blew out of my brain. Um, and also just, you know, wanting to protect my kids from social media. I'm a screen time mom. So my kids could only be on social media for an hour a day, you know, and sometimes they'll go to their dads cause I'm divorced now and they'll go on his phone and they'll do, but you know, I can't control what happens over there right. here at my, but as, but let me, but let me now say the other side, my kids are now, Bella's going to be 17 this year. Okay. 15. So the hovering mom thing that doesn't work anymore. So, because they have voices now, they have words, they have thoughts, they have. And so what I've been doing is being very, um, just empathetic 
to some of the things that my kids are going through, you know, low self-esteem, depression, you know, mm-hmm. all comparing themselves to what's happening on TikTok or in high school. And I'm not skinny enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not. So whenever they come to me and they tell me about stuff at school and I have this rule when I pick them up, I'm never on a call. The music goes down and all my focus goes on them for that first like 15 minutes of being with them in the car. And I'll say, how was your day, girls? And if they say to me, I don't really want to talk about it. Okay, well, let me know when you're ready. But old me used to go, what do you mean you don't want to talk about it? I want to know what happened, you know? So I don't do that anymore. And because of that now, they get in the car and they're like, mom, oh my gosh, I got to tell you what happened. So for all the parents that are listening, if you don't force them to talk and you just sit back, they will talk. Mm -hmm. And they'll tell you everything. Yeah, that's, that's cool that you're giving them the space to come to you in their own time. And then of course, you're their mom and they love you. So it's like, they want to share those things. But sometimes parents do, they just pounce on you. And you're just like, whoa, I need to process my day as well. You know? Yeah, very cool. And a lot of that has to do with the parent. You know, it's something they need in that moment. So it really doesn't have anything to do with the kid sometimes. So true. (laughs) Yeah. Well, wait, so tell me a little bit about, um, you got that gift from your mom to make your documentary. Yeah. Tell me, what's, what's the documentary and how do we find that? And what have yeah. you, what did you learn from making that? Cause it sounds like it was a huge adventure in your life. So many things. I mean, that's like a, that's an hour conversation, yeah. <laughs> but my mom, uh, she, my mom was a, was a, uh, a social worker for special needs kids. So I always saw her giving back, giving back, giving back. And she was that special oh. lady that impacted the world with everyone that she came across. And so the, I decided to do a movie dedicated to my mom. And I, I met a bunch of beautiful women that I interviewed that were all impacting the world in the areas of sex trafficking, FGM in Africa, which I shot two weeks in Africa, a woman that is a mentor to teen girls that are feeling depressed or suicidal, um, Deb Myers, who I love, Caroline Barnett from uh, the Dream Center, who started a food um, ministry in Los Angeles that now feeds 50,000 people per month. And there's a lot of homeless people in Los Angeles. So this just people like that incredible we you know we Moby who is such an advocate for you know more like animals but also humans he gave us all the music um Kat Sadler from E! News was my was my co-producer Sherry Shepard from The View is one of my best friends yeah yeah I love her I this is like that's a fan moment I like grew up watching The View and I always like was like drawn to her so that's let me say one thing about her because I she's one of my best friends we've been best friends for about 20 three years and we were pregnant together. Like I just talked to her yesterday. She has a brand new show called the Sherry show that uh, Fox just picked up and it starts in September, September 12th. So I just want to do a shout out to the Sherry show. Um, As you know, Wendy Williams is no longer doing her show. So Sherry kind of took that spot and it's going to be incredible. So please everybody, September 12th, watch the premiere of the show. It's going to be awesome. That's my girl, Sherry. I love you. (laughs) We'll do. Yeah. sounds awesome. We need that energy. She brings, she's, she's, She's a whole person. I love watching her. She is. She's funny. She's loving. She's real. Like what you see on TV, that's her. She hasn't changed at all from, you know, uh, when I met her, we were, we met on Suddenly Susan, which was a show with Brooke Shields. We had the same manager at the time I was acting, she was acting. So that's how we met. And we just immediately connected and we've been super close since then. That's awesome. What a blessing. I'm cutting you off with the documentary, but I also want to talk to you about what you just mentioned, those female friendships. 
yeah. and just like how have you kept some of friendship going for 20 years because it is yeah. hard and obviously it depends who you pick to put that time into but what do you look for in a friend and like what's some what's valuable to you yeah something going that long so I think a lot of us are attracted to who we are so if I'm not a people pleaser, I used to be, but I'm more of, as you could see it, even in this interview, like I'm just me, I'm just open. And that's like Eden. She's that way too. Very authentic, very, and authentic is such an overused word, but just very raw. And, you know, I have nothing to hide. Like this is who I am. And I choose my friends based on that. You won't see me hanging out with pe- too many people pleasers that tell you what that you want to hear. I I don't do well with that because to me, it's like, no, no, what do you really mean? And anyone that comes into my life that is a people pleaser, I'm going to annoy the hell out of them because I will go, wait, mm -mm, you're not going to get away with saying that. I want to know exactly what you meant there. So the people that have stayed in my life are the ones that are okay with me challenging them in moments. You know, Eden is one of those people. Eden and I have butted heads on a few things, but we're still friends because she could go, you know what? I don't really like that you said that to me, but hang on, let me, let me process that. And I'll do the same thing with her, but let me process that. But I will tell you this. um, When I was going through my transformation, there was a friend in my life that I had known since I was 10 years old, loved her. We went to church together. Our parents knew each other. And um, there was, she and I were very much like, you know, what we call chismoso, which is like, it would, I don't know how to say anything. It's kind of like if somebody was was doing something wrong, we would get on the call and go, did you hear that? Da, 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 da. You know, kind of gossipy a little bit, yeah. but not in a mean way, but we just kind of enjoyed like, oh my gosh, oh, this so-and-so happened or did you hear celebrity news or whatever? Cause she lives in Chicago and so, like celebrity news is fun for her. Mm-hmm. So when I was going through my transformation, my whole life was changing. My mindset, this is when mindset kicked in. Remember I told you before, I didn't even care about mindset. When I was, this date happened, this date happened, mindset and you know, using my, my prefrontal cortex and, and neuroscience and just different things. I went, did a lot of classes, studied with Jay, as you know, I told you that earlier. I was so like, and I don't want to be mean about it, but just, there was something about her that because I was changing and she wasn't, it didn't, it didn't feel good anymore. Right. But like falling, you know, like pulling apart from each other. And I remember the conversation vividly. I called her one day and she was talking about somebody or something. And I said, I said, you know, so-and-so, I don't want to say her name. She knows who it is though. But, and I said, listen, I'm going through some transformation in my life right now. And I'm in therapy and I'm really kind of shutting everything off for now. I'm going to have to pull away from you for a little while, like kind of take a time out from you. And I know that's hard to hear because I had known her since I was 10. And I said, I just, I got to pull away for now. And I'm so sorry if that hurts you but it's what I have to do. And she got really upset, obviously, you know, she said some words and blah, 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 and then we hung up and then I didn't hear, I didn't talk to her for two years. And it was when my father passed away because it was so tragic and she knew how close we were that she reached out to me and said, I, I just heard, what can I do? We want to give, you know, and, and every, and, and just seeing the love she had for me, even though I did that, mm-hmm like brought us together again. And I went and saw her in Chicago. That's where I'm from. And we got close again. And now we're, we're close again. But you know, I had to put her on a shelf, which sounds kind of mean, maybe I don't know, because I had to, I had to process and, and do my thing. 
But in your new I couldn't have anyone pulling me down at that time. Yeah. In your new relationship with her though, is it does it look and sound different? It's not yeah. like gossipy and it's not like things that don't align with you anymore. Right? Yeah. Well, here's the other thing that I didn't say. Okay. That that uh I also was that all of that. Doing. And as I was changing, be, because I couldn't at that time, I couldn't go, no, 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 I don't want to do that. I don't want to talk about that person. I don't, because I didn't have the tools to, I, I still enjoyed it. So I was like, I have to move her away so that I can process and, and, and go through my transformation. So when we got back together and I had all these tools now, even if she would do something like that, I would deal with it differently because I'm different because I'm, I'm not that person. So if she ever tried to do something, I would say something that would make her go, oh, and then bam, she would stop because yeah, she loved me enough. Yeah. I love that. I mean, yeah. it's hard. Like right now I have this woman that I thought I was into and it just, it's kind of like, I like that, like put it on a shelf because I don't like burning bridges or saying mm-hmm. never all that stuff, but she won't stop. Like, it's like, you, you never hear from me. It's very one-sided and mm-hmm. I just am like avoidance right now, but it's okay. like, I don't even, but you guys had like a really strong foundation that she deserved that respect. This is just a little like nutty. Like, lady. yeah, so you're saying, does she, how much does she mean to you, this person? Like zilch, but uh-huh. I'm in, I live in a small town. We left LA during the pandemic. We're one of those people. Yeah. And so I'm like in a smaller town. So I can't like totally cut her off or ever say anything wrong because we both have businesses and, you know, you have to coexist. Yeah. But I'm also like, I don't want to come sit on your couch and drink wine. Like, it's not, I don't want to do that. I, I, you've asked me for a year. I haven't done it. Like, take a clue. Take a clue. <laughs> I absolutely. I mean, setting boundaries is a beautiful thing. If you do it in a way that they don't even know that you're setting the boundary, mm-hmm. you know, there's ways to say things. Um, but I get, but being in a small town and knowing that you're going to see her everywhere you go, that's a little tougher. My friend was in Chicago. I'm in LA. So yeah. that was <laughs> not like, an you are on a shelf. <laughs> Why? I need a minute. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I was going to say um, my documentary, just going back to that, because I, I take these bunny trails, it's called Women Like Us. Um, it's being, it's being licensed around the world right now. And, uh, hopefully before the end of this year, we're going to put it up on a streaming platform. So unless you're in the countries or cities that the movie has been licensed, you can't see it yet. I'm happy to send it to you, Ter- um, oh. if, if you want to see it, I have a link, you know, with a private link with a password, I'd happy to send it, it to you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and any, I honestly, anyone else that would like to see it like I don't mind I don't know I don't know let me not say that my yeah. wait actually I take that back my distributor <laughs> would kill me if you heard me say that but I'm that person it's like I just want everybody to see it you know right. but not yet but not yet we're and gonna get what, up on the screen what side. was the message of the documentary so the whole thing was you know let's like everyone can do a little something together we can change the entire world it's, it was a call to action. It was basically like, listen, you don't have to open an orphanage. You don't have to open a home in, in Africa to save, you know, these girls that are go- dealing with female genital mutilation, but you can mentor a teen girl. Mm-hmm. You can take care of your girls. You could go to therapy and get you right. So then you can help the people around you be right. I love that. Right. Cause I think a lot of times people don't even know like it just be, you know, they always go, well, that's just who I am. That's just who I am. I'm never going to change. First of all, don't ever say that. 
because I am living proof that you can change if you put the work in. My friends that I hang out with now, especially my friend, and I'll just say her name, Sandy. She knows it's only one friend that I did that with. Like she, we travel a lot. We go to Puerto Rico. I'm in Puerto Rico for New Year's Eve in July, but she's like, you're totally different. And, and I love the person that you are today. And that makes me Aww. so happy because then I go, oh my gosh, all that work. It like, it, it was worth it, you know? So yeah. And yeah. I love that message. It's so true. It's like, just take care of yourself. And then it's going to be a ripple effect of how that goodness spreads in your community, yeah. your family, your friend groups, whatever. Yeah. And listen, you don't know what you don't know. Right. You don't know what you don't know. So for three and a half years, there were so many things that I didn't know about myself that was unpacked in therapy. And there was moments where my therapist would unpack something. I would go, oh my gosh, I had no idea that that was even something that I did. Mm -hmm. And then we would unpack it. That, that right there is probably one of the most incredible feelings in the world. Like when you realize something about yourself, because there's three ways that you could be seen. The way you see yourself, right? The way other people see you. And then the way you were created by God or whatever you believe. And somewhere in there is the truth. But if you're not open to hearing other people's opinion and people you trust, not just anyone, don't throw your pearl to swine, girlfriend. <laughs> but You know what I mean? But not just anyone, but people that are close to you that you trust. Like I have about five girlfriends and about three guy friends that are like my inner circle, my vault keepers, I like to call them, that I feel like I can share everything with and not feel bad about it. You know, so I don't hold any secrets. I let everything you know, there's one person that I, that she knows everything. That's my best friend, Cindy Diane. And she knows 25 years of friendship. She knows everything about me, even the ugly stuff that I'm like, oh, I made a mistake last night, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, okay, let's just talk through it. You know? So, cause you don't want that stuff festering inside of you. You got to have at least one person you can, it couldn't be your vault keeper. I love that. Everyone should try to work on that and then be a vault keeper for someone else. Right. Like when people are telling you all this secrets and gossip, you're like, Hey, are you keeping my secrets? Cause what are we talking about right now? Oh yeah. Cause they're talking, if they're talking about someone else to you, they're talking about you to someone else. Right. So <laughs> yeah. That's a fact. Yeah. For well, sure. So I was, the original conversation was about mindset and as you've grown and all your different chapters and studies and just life happenings yeah. what's something you could talk about or share with us about mindset and how do you lean yeah. into that and trust yourself well I always like to say you can't be yourself if you don't know yourself so my number one thing with everybody you know I have one-on-one -on -one clients for a little while my number one thing is like who are you mm. like have you taken time to stop look and listen to really get to know who you are, not what people say you are, not what you think people think you are, but what do you think you are? Who are you? And that takes work. It's, you're not going to just sit one day and it's not going to just come to you one day. It's going to take work. And nowadays, listen, we got YouTube university. You don't even have to go to therapy. <laughs> if you can't afford it, I get it. Some people can't afford to go to therapy then go online, study people like Brene Brown, Marianne Williamson, Jay Shetty, who I love, you know, the four agreements is a great book to start with and go deeper. Some people just are so comfortable being in that shallow area, oh dive in, go deeper, get to know yourself. That's number one, because without you knowing yourself, you'll never be yourself. Mm. And, and that my friend is what people resonate with someone authentic and raw that they know that girl knows herself and she loves herself. 
Yeah. So that's what I would probably say. That's what I, I love say. that. That's a good reflective question. How, I mean, we, when we were in LA, we would hold women's circles. And so those kind of questions were part of like our journal prompts all the time. And it was shocking how often women would just have some question like that and they would just start bawling or they'd lock up or they'd say, I have no idea, you know, and all like all those it's just hard, especially like in a big city. I feel like we're, you're on a hamster wheel. You're just trying to survive sometimes. And then you're like, oh shit, I don't know who I am anymore. You right. know? So yeah. it is, it's a cool question, like for any, anyone listening or just like, yeah, something to share too. If you are listening, like share that with your friend group. And like, that's a meaningful dinner conversation instead of just like shooting shit, you know, talking about the right. news or something. Yeah, exactly. I don't watch the news on purpose. No, me neither. It's horrible. My yeah, mom does, and she keeps bringing it up. She's visiting, and I'm like, Mom, I don't care. It's so negative. I can't handle anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and really, listen, a lot of people, you know, politics, unless you're in it, you, and they say, well, you know, vote the right person in and all of that, but politics are politics. I worked in politics for many years, and it's always going to be what it is. We're never going to really know what's right. happening behind closed doors in the White House. So live your life, be happy, take care of your kids at home, your husband, your boyfriend, people that are close to you that are giving you the time, like take care of those people, you know, that. be kind to those people that are right in your face and forget the stuff that's happening that you can't control. So, you know, love, love, love. I'm all about love. I'm all about love. <laughs> cool. Well, so we always end our podcast with the same question. We've had about 50 women on here and no one said the same thing. It's really special. What makes you feel most alive? Ooh. I mean, love. I knew it was coming. <laughs> love, girl. I, ooh, it's so delicious to me. When I can love on my kids in the morning, I wake up in the morning, I scratch their back, love. When I'm dating somebody and I'm into that person, I'm romantic. I just, I write them love letters. I'm all about love. So I would say love, love is what makes me happy. Good. I love that too. It's special to give love and then you receive it in so many different ways. It's special. And it is a vibration that is lost sometimes. So that's a great reminder. And yeah. Sally, thank you for spending time with me. Um, where can people find you? Uh, Instagram is really my main place. And that's uh, Sally Cologne, the number one. And then I'm on Clubhouse. And I'm, I'm there a lot. I, I host a, day, a weekly room on Tuesdays, 12 to 2. So Clubhouse. Uh, but, but Instagram, Sally Cologne and the number one. Follow me there. I try to keep it adventurous. I post every day and, you know, all my fun stuff that I get to do in life. Yeah, it's a, it's a good life. You have a good life. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks again. Thanks, Teddy. Thank bye. you so much. This was fun. I'll see you next time. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks to our guest. For more information on her, see the show notes. Please hit subscribe if you have not already. That way, a new episode is delivered directly to your feed every week.